Packers' Jared Hain. Good day, mate. Well, it's a bomb of a kick, and look at this catch over the shoulder, and then here's what you love. Again, we saw it last week in the open field, the vision, the cutting ability. Shakes off Kyle Wilbur right there. Look at him read the block in front of him by Bruce Miller. Since your pretty ass, soon as you came in the door, I just want to chill, got a sack for a Jared Hayne ripping up the NFL. Welcome to the Fantasy Dingo. I am the Dingo. With me today on the line, as usual, we have Adam Risman from San Francisco. Adam, how you doing? Do we only uh, mix rap music with polarizing bubble roster players? <laughs> Quite possibly. Tebow and Jared Hayne. I don't see Jared Hayne as a bubble roster player at all. I think he's cemented his spot there uh, to give us his expert opinion on the Hayne situation and many other things today. We have Andrew Eubank from Nashville. How you doing, Eubangles? Howdy, doing good. Just got done with a uh, resume review, so we're all, all ready to roll there. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. What, are you, what sort of positions are you looking for, just in case uh, there's someone out there who can offer you a position? Well, uh, I, uh, I'm looking for uh, any sort of HR management role, anything to deal with human and organizational performance, maybe even some uh, human capital consulting. Excellent. Risman, any... I, I, didn't hear running, I didn't hear running back in there. Well, I, I, could, I could play running back. Well, we'll get to running backs in a second because there's a few teams that are in need of one and a few teams that haven't worked out what they're doing this season. But uh, I want to start with a couple of headlines. It's been a big week. A lot of people are having their drafts in the next week. The thrill is gone. Draft is just six days away. And uh, we'll get to a little mock draft of the first round of that thrill is gone league in in a little while, but want to start with some big names that have gotten injured, and there's already been a lot of analysis of Joy Nelson and his injury in Green Bay, so I don't think we need to overanalyze or reanalyze that, but the one I want to take a look at first was Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina. Is there a Panther on that team worth drafting now? Uh, Cam Newton, his draft stock has sort of plummeted a little bit. His average draft position in Yahoo Drafts is going through the floor. Uh, Greg Olson is someone who might stand to benefit in terms of receptions, but uh, Risman, any Panthers going to be on your fantasy team this year? I will say, second half of the year, a guy named Cameron Artis Payne. I'm only saying this because I know you'll both forget it because it won't matter until like week nine or ten when Jonathan Stewart inevitably gets injured for the umpteenth year in a row. This guy was the SEC's leading rusher last year for Auburn, ahead of TJ Yeldon, um, ahead of Todd Gurley, only due to an autograph scandal, but. Uh, real solid, solid guy to keep an eye on latter half of the year. Eubank, any uh, any Panthers going to be on your roster this year, or are you you steering clear, or you do you see Craig Olson's value maybe pushing him up to an early fourth rounder or late third rounder in the draft? Well, I think that the Carolina Panthers are a team to watch. I don't think I'll be drafting anybody. Maybe I'll get their defense in the fifteenth round. It's a pretty good, solid pass rush and um, run run stopper. So they're not going to give up a lot of points, but um, 
what, what we do need to do is watch the, this team as uh, the, the season progresses because Cam is the kind of quarterback who finds favorites, right? So if, if uh, Kelvin is gone, his go-to favorite last year, we got to look out for guys like Corey Brown. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. might get a lot of targets, but <laughs> but after we got to see we got to see who he picks before um, before we can make any moves on that on that front. Let it, let it be known that the uh, Dan Marino comparison of the Bengals quarterback last week. I stand by that. The draft Ted Ginn. <laughs> Recommendation is this week's equivalent. I didn't say draft Ted Ginn. I say hold off, wait, see what happens, see who he picks. He might pick Ted Ginn, and all of a sudden he's catching uh, 13 balls a game, uh, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. So we'll see. I bet you a bottle of backroom champagne that he does not pick Ted Ginn. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you guys heard it here first. Ted Ginn Jr. is a top 20 wide receiver for uh, 2015, according to Andrew Eubank. <laughs> Uh, just running through some more headlines. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught up on Hard Knocks in the same way as I did today. Uh, checked out the first two episodes there. Uh, anyone impressing you from Hard Knocks this year? Last year, obviously, uh, was on the Falcons, and we saw uh, we saw uh, Julio and Roddy have okay sort of seasons. Uh, Matt Ryan have a toughish season. But uh, there's a couple of guys there maybe trying to stand out in the Texans. I'm thinking in particular of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Jalen Strong's had a tough start to, to preseason camp. Uh, Alfred Blue is obviously going to be rushing for Arian Foster. Uh, Eubank, don't know if you've seen Hard Knocks yet this year. You've been busy probably heading the books for the last couple of weeks. But anyone there on the Texans who tickles your fancy? The Texans are one of those teams that, you know, it seems like they're snake bit. They're going to be 8-8 eight and eight for the rest of their lives. So uh, nobody's really standing out to me. I don't, I don't like Hopkins. Um, I don't. I don't like their quarterback situation. Their defense, once again, we could go ahead and select the defense there. They'd be a good start every every week. But, you know, it's hard to, hard for me to pick anybody out of the Houston lineup that I, I'm circling and, and making sure that I have on my team. Yeah, I've got, I've got stock up on Coach Bill O'Brien's judicious use of the F word. Love to play for that guy. Great vocabulary. Um, I also have stock up on Bernard Hopkins' Off the field swag. Um, I think he's looking good off the field. Does a lot of good shopping. Stock down the quarterbacks and uh, stock down on Jalen Strong. I believe I did come on here last November proclaim Jalen Strong a stud up tomorrow. Not feeling good about that right now. We all make mistakes. Sometimes it's Andy Dalton compared to Dan Marino. Sometimes it's uh, watching Jalen Strong play uh, Washington State secondaries a little bit too closely. And sometimes it's a Ted Ginn Jr. call out at the beginning of the season. But yes, we do all we do all make mistakes. Uh, speaking of mistakes, I made the mistake of watching the entire Cincinnati Bengals uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers match preseason game last night uh, on ESPN Monday Night Football. Uh, Andy Dalton's a guy who you Bengals you have you have really experimented with. I'd say a number of times. I'm thinking in particular two years ago when you sort of had your eye on him as a potential starting QB one in the league. Is Andy due to make a leap this year? He certainly didn't look that great last year. Uh, is there a chance for the Bengals quarterback as a starting quarterback in your fantasy league this year? Well, he had a down year last year. If you're, if you're talking about the experiment from 2013, that was a great experiment. He was a top eight quarterback that year, which pushed his stock up um, in the 2014 draft. 
I do see him making steps. He's becoming a more vocal leader for the Bengals, and uh, I can't wait for y'all to eat crow on both of the statements that I've made, both the Marino statement and the Ted Ginn Jr. statement. See, see, I also have Andy taking steps, but like you very smartly did there, I see what you did. You didn't say what direction those steps would go. <laughs> and I have those steps going backwards, mostly down, down the ladder into the gates of uh, uh, second string hell, as they say. Uh, now, he, is, he does play for the Bengals, which means that he probably will start. But um, I watched what he did against a very unprofessional football team yesterday. I got to say, uh, he he did not make um, Tampa Bay look like the Texas Tech secondary as he did back in the day. The good, the good news is that that game was primetime, and the Bengals only play like two primetime games a year, and the playoff games obviously are primetime. So, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a week-in, week-out starter with weapons, Andy Dalton's your guy. Just don't start him on Monday or Thursday or Sunday night. Are we burying the lead here? Because Jeremy Hill could not hold on to the football in that game either. Hey, this is game two preseason. Let's see what it looks like in the dress rehearsal. Let's not uh, push the panic button quite yet. As Aaron Rodgers said last year, R-E-L-A-X, relax. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of running backs... Uh... There's a number of running back positions. Jeremy Hill's pretty set there in Cincinnati, but there's a number of uh, teams where there's still a battle going on. And uh, I wanted to get your guys' take on these backfield battles, who's going to win it, uh, and is there someone at these positions worth drafting. Uh, So I'm just going to run through some of these backfields, get your quick-fire response. Starting in Jacksonville with Risman, your favorite team, the Jags, TJ Yeldon's going up against Denard Robinson there in the backfield. Uh, fresh off the Toby Gerhardt disaster that was last year. Are you buying uh, TJ Yeldon or Denard Robinson stock this year, Adam Risman? Uh, not nearly as high as you were buying Toby's stock this time last year. Um, <laughs> buyer's remorse, it's a sickness. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to see what TJ does this weekend. He makes his preseason debut. Um, I think his neck is a little bit long for the NFL. Like this sort of this thing going on. Um, <laughs> But you can't see over this the is, air. This is radio, yeah. <laughs> but you can imagine it. Uh, you know, but I, I like the idea of, of TJ getting most of the snaps in the backfield and and our board Denard maybe lined up at wide receiver a little more, doing some end arounds, being everything that Cordero Patterson could and should have been. Uh, I'm not buying either of these Jaguars. You bet. I think, uh, I think TJ is a, a good, you know, RB four or five, if you're going to take a flyer on a rookie. Um, but as as the past has told us, Jacksonville running backs can never be relied upon to have more than you know 500 yards and three touchdowns. So stay away from Jacksonville, and uh, yeah, just stay away from the Jags in, in general. I look for these guys to average five total carries in the second half of each game. <laughs> They're going to be losing by a lot of points. <laughs> Speaking of teams who might be losing by a lot of points, although they have looked good in the preseason, Tennessee uh, Titans have Marcus Mariota back there, quarterback now. They've got Bishop Sankey, the Husky great, coming into his second season after a pretty tough first season and pretty tough for fantasy owners as well, Casey Casey, uh, Biggs, who took him in in round three or four, I believe, of of, uh, last season. Uh, Andrew Eubank... uh, Bishop Sankey or David Cobb in the Tennessee Titans backfield, and is there any value to either of them? I think there is some value with Sankey, but he's definitely another one of those guys who's an RB4 and RB5 in my book. Um, I, I've scouted Cobb uh, 
with a local broadcast earlier this year. He looked like he was dragging ass all over the field. Um, couldn't stay on his feet, wasn't following the blockers, not a patient runner. Sankey looked like he's making some uh, leaps and bounds. Um, from what I hear, he's very focused this year, a great practice player. Um, so I, I like him getting more touches than Cobb. I, um, I'm not a fan of Kins and Ken Wisenhunt, or his system for that matter. And because of that, I just don't think that anyone will have the chance to slop on an oblate corner on the cop because they've got a rookie quarterback back there, which Wisenhunt already doesn't like. He didn't really want to take Mariota, who's the best talent on the board. Manager told him what he needed to do. I don't think he's going to put a rookie running back next to a rookie quarterback. So uh, I think it's another year of doing the Sankey leg, mostly in the backfield for a loss of two to three yards per carry. <laughs> Uh, well, we've got you, Adam, the Dallas backfield, one that's close to your heart, and one that you've spoken about a little bit, and on a previous podcast, you guys have spoken about uh, who's going to emerge from that backfield and where there might be a, a third party or an independent run from someone outside of the current organization. Uh, Adam, do you believe in Joseph Randall? Are you buying Darren McFadden stock, or do you think there's someone who's going to emerge who's not there on the Dallas roster just yet? much as I'd love to see Lance Dunbar emerge to be the great University of North Texas warrior that he was always meant to be in the NFL, I, um, I think Randall is the best bet here. My advice for, to anyone out there considering drafting Mr. Randall is to sell him. Uh, trade high between weeks three and four. Um, as soon as that first buy comes, I, you don't know who he's going to be with, where he's going to be, what trouble he might find himself in. Get what you can, milk the cow, and then sell high before the first Cowboys bye week. <laughs> I don't even see that happening. I think it's going to be a running back by committee. I, I know I was very vocal about them bringing in somebody from the outside, but it seems like uh, Jason Garrett's pretty satisfied with the three guys they got back there, so it's going to be split time. But he'll, he'll get about 40% of the carries. Uh, McFadden will get 30, and then Dunbar will come back with another 30. So I, I don't think there's going to be a guy that stands out by any week of, of the season. Would you say, though, that Randall, at least early in the season, solid flex option considering the offensive line he's going to be running behind? I mean, that's home run potential. Yeah, but I think you can get a guy with way more touches. I think touches are at a premium, especially at the running back position, so you're going to want a guy who's the only guy in town um, for for an RB3 or an RB RB2 in that situation. This is my opinion. You Bengals, speaking of running back by committee, uh, the Cleveland Browns ran a pretty pretty established committee last year. Uh, they had uh, oh, timeout. I got someone ringing my doorbell. Hold on one oh. second. Hold please. <laughs> this will probably make it into the. Uh, this will probably make it into the final podcast. I'd say. I thought he was doing the tea for Terrence West. I, I thought like, it was yeah. Terrence West call. Well, you make. We can continue without Risman here. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland backfield. Isaiah Crowell is getting a bit of a bit of talk, but he's not going. He's going sort of in the eighties and nineties. I think for an average draft pick uh, on Yahoo, but he's probably picked as the guy who might emerge there. Do you see this as a committee, or do you see Crowell or someone else uh, coming out for Cleveland? I actually see uh, Terrence West 
coming in and, and taking that role um, away from Crawwell. So I, I watched the Bills-Browns game, and there's some bad body language from Crawwell on the sidelines, and Terrence, Terrence West was running downhill and, and finishing his runs pretty well. There's some uh, very animated expressions coming from Adam Brisbane, and so I, I assume that he disagrees. All I had to hear was Pro West talk to know that it's <laughs> for two seconds, and you've already lost your damn mind again. Dear Lord, I, I am – oh, God. Isaiah Crowell proved that no matter what type of bad attitude he has or what type of guns he lugs in the back of his car, uh, he's always going to get second chances, and he's always going to get goal line touches. Guy had eight touchdowns last year um, while being part of a committee as a rookie coming out of a school that played in D2 where they knew they had to build him into the program. I love Crowell. I also love Duke Johnson out of Miami. He's going to make his debut this weekend, speedster. I see them becoming the backfield one-two punch, and uh, Terrence maybe getting shipped west via waivers to, I don't know, Oakland or some shit. Where he belongs, the black hole. Okay, well, i got one more question for you guys on backfields, and, and that's between these next three teams. Which running back would you trust more, and and why? Uh, out of the Detroit backfield, got Amir Abdullah, Joyke Bell, Theo Riddick coming out of there. Out of the Atlanta backfield, uh, Risman's boy, Devin Coleman, and Devonta Freeman. And then in Tampa Bay, Dougie Fresh, Martin, Charles Sims, and Bobby Rainey. Uh, Eubank, out of Detroit, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay. Are you buying any stock in any of these running backs? I like Terrence, or I mean, I like, uh, Doug Martin. I like Terrence West, but I like Doug Martin. He made the, uh, the Bengals... Bengals front like he seven. played an NFL team last night. <laughs> he, he made the Bengals front seven look like Swiss cheese. So, I mean, he's another guy. They say that been, he's been really flashing in practice. So, you know, this preseason uh, scouting situation, you have to look at not only the games, um, and you, you can discount the games a little bit, but you have, to, you have to hear the chatter coming from the coaching staff from the other players. So if I'm going to buy anybody, I'm going to buy Doug Martin. Brisbane. I hate to say this, but uh... – I agree with the guy. Um, now, unfortunately for Doug, he can't play the Bengals every week. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't even know if they're on the regular season schedule. If not, that's a shame. Um, he is going to be the main guy there. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have success or stay healthy. I mean, and, he's done it before in his rookie season. He was a flash. I, I think, uh, were we in high school then? <laughs> no, it was two years ago. <laughs> it feels like it feels like eons ago when people were drafting in the first round. Only to see their seasons crater. Um, in Detroit, I actually uh, this might be met with some controversy. If I had to buy one of the two, I'm going to Joe Bell. <laughs> Shocking. I can't. I can't see Abdullah. Look, he's a home run threat. He's addicted to jokes. Loves it. To get those between the tackles, goal line carries. You're going to see a lot of him breaking one off, and then the Joker coming in and finishing the job. Speaking of cratering seasons, Joe Bell, fourth round. Terrible. Um, Unconfirmed. <laughs> he played so well. He played so well for Adam last year with a sixth-round pickup. I can see him reaching in the fourth this year. Uh, lots of interesting battles there in the backfield. We're going to move on now to a little game I call "Who Do You Rather," and uh, and this is where I put two names to you guys, and uh, and I just want you to tell me who you'd pick. These are loosely sort of framed in the rounds, rounds one through ten. Uh, about the kind of players who'd be in these these vicinities, uh, they're the same positions, and I want your your immediate 
instant response of, of who you'd rather take and why. And we're going to start, uh, Adam, with you. Round one of a draft, you might have a decision towards the back end of round one. Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones. Who'd you rather? This seems like a setup. This seems like a setup to gather intel. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I would go with Od- Odell. Um, I think that Odell, one of the things people are ignoring this year with him is that Victor Cruz is back, and uh, they're not necessarily going to be able to cater defenses entirely to him if Victor is healthy. Um, I also want to see any of the Falcons players survive the first four weeks of the season, and then maybe I'll uh, investigate the trade market for someone like Julio. You bet. I think think, uh, Julio. I'd rather have Julio there. He's a proven productive wide receiver and once again with uh with wide receivers you got to take into account who's throwing them the ball and i I trust matt ryan and and, uh and that offense more than the the giants two points two points for you one you're drinking the sophomore slump kool-aid i love it more uh more fruits for the rest of us two i just want to point out that our host here is not having to answer any of these questions (laughs) hey who would you rather our opinions I'll I'll jump in. I'll jump in. I would take Julio Jones there. I worry about Odell Beckham Jr. for his injuries. you got to remember he was out for the first four weeks last year with a hamstring injury. He had massive usage towards the end of last season, which won a lot of people, including myself, their fantasy seasons. Uh, he was on all three of our rosters. He was on everyone's <laughs> roster at some stage, all three of us. And through a variety of the most exotic trades of all time, uh, he managed to end up on mine. So... So, you know, be a book about that years from now. one day, but uh, I would take Julio. I mean, it's weird to say that you take Julio because he's a safer injury risk than someone else. But uh, I'd be taking Julio Jones in that scenario. Uh, my second, my second person, who'd you rather uh, towards the middle to back end of round two? These guys, this guy's going in, the, in mock drafts, Randall Cobb uh, or Calvin Johnson, Eubank. You got to go Megatron there. Uh, he's once again a proven uh, producer. He's got a, uh, you know, not a lot of competition up there in in Detroit. And Stafford loves the guy. He throws him the ball where, like, whenever he can. It doesn't even matter if he's double, triple covered. What uh, Aaron Rodgers does down there in Green Bay, he throws it around. He gives it to everybody. Uh, I, I mean, I like their tight end this year, Rodgers to Rodgers. Um, I think he's going to have a big year just based on this uh, uh, Jordy Nelson injury also i'm gonna get this over with quickly because i hate doing this but i agree with uh mr eubank here i think that uh, a lot of people are uh sleeping on calvin johnson a little bit just because he finally had a year where he got a little bit banged up i see him writing down some notes there uh, as well <laughs> so who, this is I'm gonna, in the next three answers one of them is going to be alive that's just how it happens <laughs> um, you never know what happens in the draft no i i speaking of you know, to, to quote someone else on here, proven production, Randall Cobb has never been the best receiver on his team. He's never had to face the Revis Islands of the world, whereas Megatron has been doing that for years. So I have to go that direction. Uh, I agree. I'm taking Megatron every day of the week there. Uh, round three, you're looking at a couple of running backs here. Uh, the unproven rookie, Melvin Gordon, who is sort of going all over the place in drafts. And I know one guy in particular, uh, cream of some young nug, has his eye on him in the early third round, and I'm probably going to take him just to piss him off two spots in front of him. Uh, Melvin Gordon or Justin Forsett, the proven performer from uh, Baltimore, Risman? 
This is an interesting one. Um, oh. Well, we lost Risman. We lost Risman. <laughs> well, I would take uh, Mr. Justin Forsett because he is proven. I, I don't like rookies. That's clear to everybody. Um, and I don't like San Diego's offense based on, on running game. They haven't had a, a you know, a thousand yard rusher down there since I think Ryan Matthews did it one year, but it's been up and down since uh, Ladanian left that, that organization. So I definitely have to go with uh, Mr. Justin Forsett. What do you think, Adam? Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself, Adam. You're on mute, Adam. There we go. Ah, sorry. I try. All I do is try to Google search Melvin Gordon's injury history, and uh, our former sponsor Apple drops the freaking call. <laughs> I'm just business school using PCs. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually dual dual wielding. Uh, so Justin Forsett is going to get the number one carries on his team. Melvin Gordon's going to get the number one carries on his team, provided they're both healthy. As far as production goes, Forsett has struggled many times in previous seasons, was never a number one running back and sort of fell into that role last year. Um, I like Melvin Gordon's ceiling better than what Justin Forsett can do. We already know he's reached the ceiling, and I don't think he's capable of doing that again. See, my, my concern around Forsett is that is the, the change in coaching there and Gary Kubiak leaving. I know Mark Tressman's coming on board, but I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there. You've got to remember that Forsett began last season as the number four running back in Baltimore. And I think there's a there's too much of an opportunity for him to slide out the back door there and Lorenzo Taliaferro to come in and, and take some carries. So I'm jumping on the Melvin Gordon bandwagon a little bit. And uh, and sorry, Nugsy, I'm going to take him. Uh, the next, uh, who'd you rather, Peyton Manning or Russell Wilson? Uh, let's start with you, Eubank. I think everybody knows where I'm going on this. Old Man River. <laughs> Peyton Manning is my man to... Uh carry a team this year. I think everybody's sleeping on him because he's almost 40 years old, but what does he do? He stands back there and throws darts to a pretty fast, pretty skilled um, you know, receiving core and, and running back uh, backfield there. What do you think, Adam? You know, if it was up to me, I'd say neither because I just don't believe in drafting quarterbacks where these guys will ultimately fall. Uh, if I had to take one, though, I, I like Peyton uh, simply because the running attack isn't as much of a sure thing, and he's going to run still a very quick offense, likes to do a lot of quick throws up, he's going to have a high completion percentage, and uh, you know what you're going to get from him on game in, game out. Risman's dream, Risman's dream draft is never taking a quarterback at any stage. No. <laughs> Just quarterbackless at the end of at the end of 15 rounds. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Russell Wilson this year. Uh, Peyton Manning has uh, still has no feeling in his fingertips uh, for four years. <laughs> Um, not necessary. <laughs> not necessary. I think Russell Wilson, the uh, the addition of Jimmy Graham there. This is spoken like a true fucking homer, I know, but the addition of Jimmy Graham is going to uh, increase his potential for some passing touchdowns. His legs get you lots of uh, points each year in the run, so each week in the run. So I'm going with Russell Wilson. Uh, one more, who? One more, who'd you rather? One or two more, who'd you rather's here? Uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, in Washington or Golden Tate, Adam. Gotta go Golden Tate because uh, woo, that Washington quarterback situation is a hot, hot, hot racist mess. My God, uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't draft a Washington wide receiver. Put it that way. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. I don't like either of those guys really. 
Uh, Golden Tate probably going to get injured this year. Deshaun Jackson definitely going to get injured this year. Um, the only thing that I'm looking at from Washington, you know, I took Pierre Garcon last year, bit me in the ass. Yeah, right, you did. <laughs> I'm only looking at the uh, the backfield there, specifically Roy Hillu Jr. Or wait, is he? He's a he's a Charger, isn't he? He's a he's a Raider now. Yeah. He's a Raider. Uh, we all know you're picking up Alf Morris in the third round, you think. Uh, that's no secret here. Um, let's give you one more. Uh, this one was an interesting one for me. Uh, Julian Edelman, the proven production of Julian Edelman, or Amari Cooper in, uh, in Oakland? You, Bank. I uh, ooh, hate, hate small white wide receivers. And I love long, tall Alabama receivers. So I'm gonna go against my. I'm gonna go against my uh, my proven production mantra, and I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper here, just because I think uh, a young quarterback and a young wide receiver, uh, a la Andy Dalton, AJ Green, can come into the league at, at around the same time and really uh, create some good rapport. You make what about what about proven production? What about proven production? You make history drafting wide receivers. Uh, since Tim Brown in the early 90s out of uh, Notre Dame, um, there's nothing to speak of. They've all failed. I love Amari Cooper. He's in a terrible position. I don't like Julian Edelman, but he has Tom Brady as his quarterback. Uh, he does not have a Carr brother as his quarterback. Even Randy Moss, when acquired by the Oakland Raiders, became a subpar football player. Um God, I hope you drafted Mary Cooper. That would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more because this is such a fun game. Uh, Tom Brady minus four games, a potential four games, maybe brought down a three or two, or Cam Newton in the shitty situation in Carolina. Uh, who'd you rather, Risman? I'm going to go Tom here. Uh, Tommy Time didn't start until after week four anyway last year. He had a very slow start to the year, ultimately becoming a uh, top eight fantasy quarterback. Uh, I had to live through that, learned a lot from it. Um, I would take him. I think he went on every time. There's going to be great, great streaming options, of which I will not name publicly at this time, on the waiver wire that could buy you time with uh, with Tom there. Maybe it's, I don't know, a quarterback for the Eagles, perhaps. Uh, plenty of options out there to buy you some time for week four weeks. You thinking Tim Tebow? Uh, how much is two point conversion worth in your leagues this year? Two two points. All right, so there you go. He's, he's got six Good. points right off the bat for you. So um, I'm going to go with. Uh, I can't go with Cam. I'd really like to punt both of these guys, but I'll take Tom just because he's got proven production. Um, he's drafting Tom. I can see it. See it in your Google Hangout eyes. I'm going to take Tom and uh, Andy Dalton for my first four weeks. He always comes out hot, sort of simmers towards the end. It's all in the flick of the rubber wedding ring he has. Right. That's cool. That's stylish. You get one of those? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm getting married in a Dalton jersey. (laughs) I mean, a Merino jersey. It's going to be a half Merino, half Dalton jersey. I'll necessito uh, un mojito after that. 
Oh, uh, well, uh, I mean, we could play Who'd You Rather for hours, and uh, and I'd learn a lot, but uh, but we've got to move on to the, <laughs> the section which, which everyone, all three of our listeners are really tuning in for here, um, which is who should they take in the first round of the Thrillers Gone League? They're going to be informed by us. Uh, we're going to mock draft this, this first round, 12 players uh, from the very top, and... Uh, I've got. We're going to go through. Adam, you're going to go first. I'm going to go second. Eubanks going to go third, and we're going to cycle through. But uh, but feel free to jump in and disagree on some of these. So Adam, with the first pick is Kurt Warner's wife. Uh, he's got some pedigree here of picking Adrian Peterson first. Did that two years ago. He's coming off a one year suspension uh, for a felony. Uh, Mister, which I think might have been uh, might have actually been argued down to a misdemeanor. Peterson on their team last year. I have no idea which one of us did. It's interesting that both Peterson and Kurt Warner's wife were both suspended for the year last year, uh, but they're both back. Who do you have Kurt Warner's wife taking with the first pick in this year's Thrillers Gone League uh, fantasy football draft? You know, um, I think, and again, to clarify, we are taking, we're picking who we think they will take or who they should take. I think we're picking who we think they'll take. Because in this case, I think it makes no difference. I think that uh, you'll take the top player on my board, which I can comfortably say, because picking eighth, I will have no shot at him. Uh, also someone who's both criminal and professional in trajectories mirror each other. Uh, and let me point out also that Kurt Warner's wife might only know five football players. So Adrian That's Pearson true. being one of them, I think he is an absolute lock to go number one in this draft. Eubank, do you disagree at all? No, I agree. I think that it's right on the money. I also have Kurt Warner's wife taking Adrian Peterson there. Uh, I, I, the only reason why he might not is because he wants to prove that he knows more than one football player. But that would be the only reason why he would take someone else. Well, but, but the next player down the list would be the Rams quarterback, and I think he thinks that's Sam Bradford still. <laughs> <laughs> he might go Ka- Kaepernick because he had such success with him two years ago. So who knows? That, that would be a... Out that in the, in the inaugural, the very first fantasy dingo thrill has gone power rankings post draft preseason, that Kurt Warner's wife was number one overall. <laughs> two years ago, next week. That's true. That's true. God, how we've all grown in those two years. Uh, the second pick is uh, Kyle Ayers, Kelsey Jacklet. He's given it away there in his first uh, in his name. The who who he will be taking. He'll be taking his very favorite uh, running back, Jamal Charles, out of Kansas City, who I don't think is a bad pick there at the number two spot. I think he could easily come in as the number two or number one uh, running back this year. Any disagreements about uh, who Kyle will be taking? I think it's a, uh, a very open homer. That's an absolute lock. Um, he and I have all gone through many trade proposals over the years for him to acquire Jamal Charles from my teams. Uh, I can't see why he would pass there. Uh, unless he uh, he knows something we don't know. Yeah, open and shut, Jamal Charles. And I can't say it's a bad pick because you got a bunch of guys grouped all together there. Their output is probably going to be close to the same if they all stay healthy. So, amen. Eubank, with the third pick, it's uh, it's myself, the Thunder Down Under. Uh, who have you got me taking there at the number three spot? Is it going to be a homer pick or is it going to be uh, someone else? I think it's clearly going to be a homer pick and... Um, I'm going to call him bust mode this year because he is not going to do too good. And that's uh, the he I'm talking about there is Marshawn Lynch. He's coming off a big contract. He can sort of rest on his laurels. 
he's uh, showing up to camp. He, he's he's not making too many waves. So that's never a good sign for a guy who thrives off that energy. So you're going bust mode, and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty for you. You know, I I, um, I disagree with that pick. I think that he wants us all to think that's where he's going. Uh, I could see him reaching for – sorry, not reaching necessarily, but uh, – getting his hands dirty up in Wisconsin, making some cheese with Fat Lacey over at the dairy farm. Uh, I, I think that he wants us to think he's going Lynch, but knows better. I would also not rule out Le'Veon Bell here, although um, I don't know if he understands the value of offensive linemen like we do and Marquise Pouncey's injury. May not look good for that guy. They're both good opinions. Uh To be honest, uh, the Thunder doesn't know who he's taking at this stage. A lot of he's having a lot of sleepless nights right now, trying to work out who to take that third spot. I actually think three is a tough spot this year because you you could make a big, a pretty bad error. You could you could it's the first one where you could really make a mistake. Uh, you mean you might take C.J. Spiller? You could take C.J. Spiller. <laughs> C.J. Spiller's always <laughs> an option there at the three spot. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's great, except for the two, the, the uh, offensive linemen and also the two-game suspension. Uh, I guess we'll have to see if it's if it's Beast Mode or, or someone else. Uh, Adam, with the fourth pick, we've got the Penismadia, who's going to be on auto-draft mode. So who do you think auto-draft's taking with number four pick? So, so that, that changes things here because um, this guy loves his wide receivers. He's a noted Demarius Thomas drafter, although I think that he's someone that's easily swayed by the standard rankings and might look over at a um, Antonio Brown. However, due to the fact that he'll be drafting off-stock ratings because this guy is currently hiking through the wilderness and definitely did not have time to set custom rankings beforehand, in the event that Marshawn Lynch does go third, then we will absolutely have Pat Lacey off the board here at four. I agree. It's science. They teach you some business school. So you've got so say you've got so say you've got Marshawn Lynch going three, Lacey going four. I think uh Cream of Some Young Nug takes Le'Veon Bell there at five. I can't see him reaching for Antonio Brown, although that could be the only guy maybe that uh that sneaks in there. But I think I think Nugsy has told me he's got uh top grades on five different running backs, so I think he takes the running back who's left, which is Bell. No, I agree. I um, as long as he is sober for this draft, I think that's absolutely the case. I'd say the odds of him being sober for this draft are roughly ten to twelve percent. So I'm not going to rule out the wide receiver in this case or uh, hitting the wrong button on the keyboard. But if all goes goes as planned, I think Le'Veon Bell goes at five, and we have five running backs off the board consecutively. A point to make here: he has been talking up Antonio Brown and Des Bryant. Um, and he's always, he's just like the pen. He's a notorious uh, wide receiver valuer um, and always talks down the wide, uh, the running back. So while I do think he will take Le'Veon at five, um, wouldn't be surprised if he takes Brown or Bryant there either. He tends to turn down opportunities that lead to getting his name on a trophy. Um, trades that involve, you know, things like Odell Beckham Jr. for perhaps a mid-round draft pick in the future. Um, they basically guarantee that you won a championship. He's been known to turn down those opportunities. So you're really stuck in the fire. I'm starting to lead Brown here, but I will I will go ahead and keep the Le'Veon Bell pick. Just a reminder to Nugsy that the 
the trophy is currently in my possession. Thanks for turning down that trade. Uh, so the top five running backs go off the board. One, two, three, four, five. That's no real surprise. This is where it really gets interesting. Uh, we've got a bunch of wide receivers, tight end Gronk, and some other running backs here. So the sixth spot, we've got Bradshaw Bodega, or Backroom Bodie, as he's calling himself this year. Uh, Eubank, who's, uh, who's Bodie Bradshaw Backroom uh, Austin going to take with the number six pick of the draft? I think this is another Homer situation. Uh, he's a huge Cowboys fan. He likes to throw up the X, so he's going Des Bryant at number six. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, um, I. This is a toss up here. I actually think he will, he will go with a, a known quantity to stir things up. I think he'll take Rob Gronkowski. Ooh. But seeing as Eubank has the official pick here, we'll put Des Bryant on the board. But. Um, Backroom does not make conventional decisions. He has been known to take chances with possibly diseased women. Live a little risky in terms for some immediate output and pleasure. Risky. Uh, the Gronk lifestyle, who we actually did party with back in May. I think they forged a tight bond there, and it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to pass him up. Oh, that's interesting. I I had him taking Antonio Brown, but as you're you're right in that he he does make some risky decisions. I remember last year he took I think only Falcons and Patriots, uh, took that entire New England backfield, and then every Falcons receiver he could get his hands on. That's why I thought uh, Brown or Julio Jones could also be a pick here. Well, but he could he could hypothetically get get Gronk round two, and then take Julio round or get Gronk round one, Julio round two. Stick with his formula. Maybe he feels like he was just too far ahead of the curve, and he's finally going to catch the wave this time around. Uh, Did he not make the playoffs last year? So maybe the strategy is working for him. All I can say is I'd love to see him popping champagne at the end of this season. Uh, we know how much he enjoys champagne, and I'd be interested to see how he pops it. Uh, with the seventh pick, we have the U Bengals. Uh, Risman, who are the U Bengals taking at, at number seven? Again, a very interesting spot. Um, I know this guy loves quarterbacks. I think he's going to wait until round two to draft a quarterback. I had thought this was a good playing place for Jeremy Hill, speaking of homer picks, but the guy could not hold on to the football last night. I think he's starting to get a little shaky. Um, to me, it comes down to two guys. One that he's been talking down pretty frequently, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I think that's a sure sign that he's interested. And two, the other guy, Just I'm just looking at your facial reaction here on uh, Hangouts as I tested you with my last analysis. <laughs> Saw how you sort of merged over towards Rob Gronkowski. I think that you're looking at the situation and you're seeing what's on the board and you're looking at talent first and trade value first and that maybe you could get someone who's very interested in Gronk to hook the bait with you later. I'm going Rob Gronkowski to the U Bengals. This is not even a question. I can't believe this is not even a question. Okay, so one, he's not taking a tight end because he's gone on the record saying the tight end is very deep this year. He's taking a tight end. He's taking a tight end in the tenth round this year. He is taking Peyton Manning in the first round because he believes in it. He is taking a quarterback first as Peyton Manning. Eubank? Yeah, I think you get Peyton round two though. I can either confirm or deny any of the uh, propositions you guys or hypotheses you guys are espousing now. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll plead the fifth. Now, now Antonio Brown might be the best pick here, but he's not drafting a stealer. This guy is a moral backbone. As a never bangles. a squeal- never a squealer. He might he might avoid drafting Bengals, but he will never draft a stealer. 
Silence. Silence from Eubank. We'll, we'll move on to someone who'll be a lot more forthcoming in his reactions about who he's taking. The Broad Street Jags at number eight. I actually had the Eubengles taking Jeremy Hill there in the seventh pick uh, and then taking Peyton Manning in the second round. But uh, so for Risman and, and the Jags, I see him taking... Uh, oh, is he still... Is he gone? He's still there? No, I'm still here. I turned the camera off. I'll just turn the camera off. Uh, I have... I have Adam taking uh, Matt Forte at, uh, with the number eight pick. A little out of the blue, but we all know that Risman loves a running back. If Jeremy Hill's on the board, he might take him because he's been talking him down about the, fu- the one fumble that he had last night. But uh, if Jeremy Hill is gone to the U Bengals, I see another repeat of last year with uh, Matt Forte on the Broad Street Jags roster. Uh, Bank, any thoughts? Well, I think if Antonio Brown's still on the board, he's going there. Um... I, I do see him taking Jeremy Hill. He has been known to down talk and then take. Um, other than that, Matt Forte seems a little early right there. I'm trying to think of who else is on the board. There's always Odell Beckham Jr. He, he knows what he lost there um, with the trade. Uh, but I think Antonio Brown is where he's going. I think Matt Forte is a little bit too high there. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, this is this is more of a public plea for all of our listeners. Um I've heard from sources deep within the organization that the Broad Street Jags are looking to trade back in this draft, uh, possibly to the 11 spot, 10, 11, or 12, uh, in exchange for the rights to move up um, and swap picks in round two as well as round six. So any of the people in those spots are listening. I've been told to contact the general manager, see if you can work out there is negotiation room there. Um, I have no leads on who they're taking, but I do know they're looking to trade back in the first round. What an idiot. Sorry, I was on mute there. What a fucking idiot. Uh, uh, okay, so we've got the Jags doing something ridiculous. Who the fuck knows what he's doing there? Uh, number nine, uh, we have Daniel's team. And uh, and Eubank, who's Daniel's team going to take this year? He's definitely taking Antonio Brown if he slips that far. Um I can't imagine him going all the way to nine, but Antonio Brown does have the best value uh, at a wide receiver position. He's not suspended. He's got uh, been a great rapport with Big Ben, and uh, he's going to have another great year, but not as good as last year, but still pretty good, 200-plus points. Adam? Yeah, I think Cousin Dan knows what he's doing. Again, he's all in this year, senior year, go big, go home. You know, he's at the bottom of the fish tank next year when he enrolls at college, either at Penn State or Alabama. So uh, I think that he is, uh, and you know, he's a noted Steelers fan. He's, uh, I, I once got the guy a Giants hoodie for Hanukkah, and uh, the gift right before he opened mine was a Steelers hoodie. I had no idea. Blew my mind. Very embarrassing experience for me. Thought I knew the guy. Turns out you never know anybody, right? Um, <laughs> I guess. I, I agree with that pick. You know, I think if, um, I think that uh, Odell Beckham is also in play here. Um, I think he's, now that the Giants have drafted uh, Andrew Collins in the second round, the safety from Alabama, I think maybe his allegiances are starting to tip again the other direction. So um, I think that's in play, but I like I like Eubank's analysis here. Yeah, I uh, I have him taking Odell Beckham, but uh, but if Antonio Brown, Brown's still on the board, he definitely takes Brown there. Uh, the number 10 pick, uh, Adam, uh, it's pretty set here who Poop's going to take, right? 
Is this both our, our outside the forte pick, our first reach, and our first unanimous agreement that Andrew Luck goes at 11? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what's up? Uh, and I, I, I think it's I think it's unanimous. I think that oh, yeah, I'm trying to talk while you were on mute, so just let's watch that a little bit. But uh, I know you can't get, contain your excitement when breaking down Coop's gameplay on every year. The <laughs> that was the most. That was the most appropriate. So it ended up working out for him. I think he probably will be again. But um, look, you have that type of love always wins when you have that type of attraction to another human. You can't keep them apart. So God, God bless Andrew and Andrew, um, Andrew Eubank. I know he looks jealous already. He used to be the second <laughs> Andrew in that equation. Been replaced by Andrew Luck. Hey, love wins. <laughs> love wins indeed. Uh, speaking of love wins, uh, I don't believe there's a Brazilian in the top 24 that uh, the cum dumpster should be taking at the number 11 pick. But uh, but. I think there is. If Des Bryant is Des Bryant already off the board in this mock? Oh yeah, he's gone right. So I think it has to be Odell Beckham Jr. There. See, I thought maybe um, Jared Hain, just because we know this guy's attractive. People that need visas and the ability to work in the United States legally. Um, but I, I do think that that's probably the pick that he goes. Or maybe he takes a Peyton Manning or a quarterback here because he doesn't know any better. You bank. I, I think I agree with uh, with you, Sam. O, o D B J R uh, yeah. there. Um, Jared Hain might be a little early in the first round. A little early, probably more of a second round pick. Uh, That's Aaron Rodgers is another guy. I thought that, uh, that the dumpster might be interested in. He does like taking quarterbacks early. Uh, and so, with the twelfth pick and final pick in the first round of the Thrill League, uh, Eubank, who do you have, Scotty Tamil, uh, Clyde Frog Revenge taking there? Well, I've expressed this to him. He needs to change his name. It's a mm. sorry name. Shocking. I would rather him go back to Sandusky's girls. Absolutely. No how shocking and appalling that was. Mm-hmm. But um, for who he's taking, I think since Jeremy Hill is still on the board and he's going value pick, he's going to go with Jeremy Hill at, at number 12. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He's got to take – he has two picks in a row. One of them have to be a running back. If it's not Jeremy Hill there, it'll be the next pick. Uh, so I look for him to go running back and then uh, something maybe a little bit riskier or maybe go Megatron right after that. But in some order, those two guys. Yeah, I agree. The one guy I could see him reaching for is maybe C.J. Anderson there. I know you guys are out on C.J. Anderson. I think he could be a, in for a bust year. But uh, a Denver running back or some kind of running back, I see him taking there in the 12th pick. Uh, well, that's great. I mean, that's that's uh, pretty exciting to hear. We're going to have the draft next Monday. Uh, hell, we might even podcast some of it live. Who knows what could happen? We could definitely get one of these hangouts going, and I'll bring the microphone along with me to Portland, where I'll be drafting live from the Marriott Hotel. If anyone would like to come down and join me there, uh, check me out in the foyer area. And uh, right now, I've got a run. I've got a private consultation, uh, private fantasy consultation with Das Hans. Uh, and if you're interested in a private fantasy consultation this year, don't forget to hit me up at FantasyDingo on Twitter or FantasyDingo at gmail.com and FantasyDingo.com. As always, uh, thanks to our two panelists. Adam, thank you very much. Thank you, and I'd just like to inform one of my clients, Cousin Dan, that uh, no, no need to worry. This guy's not encroaching on my turf. You're, you're safe hands. And thank you to Andrew Eubank. Appreciate you. Uh, y'all will be getting my resume dropped very soon. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all soon.
There's Jared Hayne. Good day, good day, good day. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Since you're pretty ass, soon as you came in the door. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remixed it for low. She my track queen, let her hit the bando. We be counting up, watch how far them bands go. We just set a go, talking about your Lambos. I fit the six and five.